With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest international break edition of the Enfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and we don't have Phil this week. Uh, He's working hard with his new PhD intake, Um, but I do have the other members of the team. First of all, I've got my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rhodesy. Yes, I was enjoying the cricket world up until uh, (laughs) until the weekend, Dan. Now I want it to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, there was a there was a lot of problems there for England, wasn't there, on the weekend and stuff. Oh. But overall, I think you know I'm 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 enjoying it so far. I think it's going to be. Um, I like the way it's um, it's got the games every day, unlike the uh, Rugby World Cup, which seems to have these you know three day breaks where nothing happens and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, the Rugby World Cup this weekend, Dan, was a good um, distraction. Yes, 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 that was good. That was rather that was rather good fun. The quarterfinals there were were, were rather good. To be fair, far better than international football. <laughs> well, that's 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 pretty easy to be fair, right? <laughs> and I do have the the reason he's the man. The reason you all listen to this show, it's Mister Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. I don't know why you say that. It's because everybody wants to tune into your expertise, mate. You you got skin in the game. You work in the industry, man. You still that you work for like half the Premier League at one time or another. <laughs> you know players. You know you you know this is it. This is it. It's what people want to hear. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I used to listen to you on the analytics pod, so there you go. Yeah, um, that's just us being nerds, though. It's like being in university or something, you know. All, all good. <laughs> right. Anyway, we are here to do a bit of an international break numbers show and um, the various things. And um, I guess the first thing I want to talk about, Sai, is the big news for Liverpool over the international break is Andy Robertson. Um, looked like a really nasty dislocated shoulder. Um, do we know anything more yet? We don't. I, I was so the pod got delayed because I was at I was at my kids' school open night for A levels, and while I was there, there's no signal at all in there. It's the weirdest village in the world. Um, but apart from all of the kids who who are banned from using their phones at school, they all seem to get signal. No parents can, kids can. It's the weirdest thing. So, so they've, they've managed to finagle away. I don't know. I reckon this. I reckon it's like. Uh, so you got some Andy Robertson skinny while you were there, did you? Literally. So, so Jesse was telling me that uh, uh, breaking news 
was that uh, he's going to be out for 10 weeks. I was like, okay. Uh, well, I presume to, that he's had surgery. But well, to I, be fair, right, to Bart, so when I asked him in our WhatsApp group, dislocated shoulder, what's the norm? And he came back and he said two months. So there you go. It, well, yeah, it, is, it, it, it can be between two and three months for a, for a total sublux. The, um, it depends how much. So it, it really depends on how much damage there is in the, the, the uh, soft tissue capsule around it. Yeah. Um, so if you think of um, everybody has, I don't know, at some point in their life, they have like a double jointed thumb or a finger that they can kind of slip the joint in or whatever. When you're a kid, you have it. And it's just, if you can think of a knuckle and you, you, the surrounding tissue of that knuckle and you just move it sideways, it depends how far and how quickly you can move it just across, uh, across that joint will uh, determine how much damage you did on the, uh, into which sides of that joint. And it's, the, the shoulder's like similar. Um, and there are, uh, there are, like, I think there are 17 different soft tissues it could have damaged. Um, so any any guess is purely a guess. Yeah, but I've seen enough pro sportsmen fall, hold a shoulder, and then you know you, you see them. It's, it's never just an. It's very very rarely a quick return in my experience. I've, I've had I've had a uh, like international rugby player, an international cricketer um, that fell over. Uh, one got tackled, obviously, um, and uh, full dislocation on the on the pitch. But then it got popped straight back in. It, it, that's one of the other determining factors as well: how quickly it goes back in. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and those two players were back with it. They missed three days of training. Two of them missed three days yeah. of training. They were fine, but typically. I think you look in a month between a month and two months is fairly yeah. standard. So we're at the rough end of it with with Andy Robbo. So that's bad news. Uh, that means I think it's, it's, honestly, at this point, I don't. I think it's just conjecture. Nobody knows. Like, uh, I would expect there to be some kind of diagnosis of. of oh, is ten weeks unofficial? Is ten weeks unofficial at the moment? It was. It was just another one of those uh, clickbait <clears> things that said uh, updated ten weeks, uh, and it will be more if he needs surgery. So, yeah. like, literally, there was no information. Somebody's just shared oh, right, an article okay. to say the same thing. So, yeah. But we need to lay the groundwork way. here is that it wouldn't be, it, you know, it could be, you know, best case scenario, it could be back training fairly soon. But typically, we're looking at up to two months. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. we'll be looking at Simi getting some good game time. Yeah. One thing that I want to know how many people were moving their thumb about then when Si was talking about it. <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> um, I, I saw reports today that we they were thinking about surgery, but nothing, absolutely nothing confirmed and no quotes, nothing official. Yeah. But yeah, Simi said I have to go, I guess the, the problem there is from not playing very much to playing every single game, isn't it? That's the problem there, Si. Yes, absolutely that. He had, before he joined us, he played every single game. He's got a four and a half thousand season minute, uh, minute mm. season, but he, he has been not playing for us for nearly three years. Mm. So uh, who knows how his body will react to it? Yeah. It's a risky one. Um, on the other, on the more positive injury news, uh, availability news, Jota will be back, obviously, for the Everton game. Um, so the suspension. Cody Gakpo were talking, and Jurgen was talking about him being available after the international break. I, you'd like to think maybe that Cody would be on the bench for Everton. Say, si? do you think that's optimistic, or do you think that's realistic? 
Uh, I think it's absolutely realistic. I think you're either fit or you're not. He's not. So he hasn't been out enough to be deconditioned yet. Yeah. But he didn't go with Holland, did he? He was recovering the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then we got Bajetic, Kelleher, Thiago, the never-ending injuries of Thiago. Um, do we really think he might be back training in this win- in this block of games, Si? Do you think there's any realistic chance? My belief is that literally nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, we're beyond conjecture. It's it, he keeps pulling something else in the same region. Yeah. So my worry is that he's he's got like uh, recurrent chronic issues and that, and, and then yeah. his brain his, his brain keeps shutting down. Yeah. In fear, but by Jetic at this point, I don't like. I don't even want him. I, he's he's borderline just above talking about Cade. Uh, like okay. He's been in the team for six games, seven, mm. I think he played seven. And you can't say like he's an injured player out for the first team because he's not a first team player. He's just a yeah, kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and, and he's a kid with a with so far not great um rate of availability either. So Yeah. And Jones, two more games. Let's just wait. Uh yeah. Yeah. Two more ridiculous games for that yeah, for that challenge. So yes, uh, did and then obviously see the England game last night. Uh, no, I did see. I did see a good seventy minutes of it. Yeah. Oh, so they, but you still missed. So you you didn't see the last ten when um, uh, Calvin Phillips you were in or not? No, but the same incident was it as Jones was it? Not not the same. The, if you take the ball out and you just have somebody go in uh, with a high footed slide tackle into somebody's ankle, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, um, and then we've got the we'll have the same saga as always. We've got the early kickoff, and we've got uh, three three South Americans played last night. Darwin yeah. played against Brazil, scored and assisted apparently, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, played well. Looks like ball accounts. Um, McAllister played the full ninety for Argentina, which is nice, and uh, Diaz played, didn't he, for Colombia as well. Mm. So, yes. So, do you expect it? What do you expect uh, after lessons learned against Brighton, Si? Um, well, do you expect any of those same. three players to start? I don't think it's the same. It was last night. It was Tuesday night. Okay. So, if we played a game, people got whining about the 12.30 kickoff, right? If we played, yeah. a, if we played a game at 7.30 on, a, on Wednesday night, would players be available at 7.30 on a Saturday night? Would you be mm. complaining about it if that was a seven thirty game on a Saturday so, night after a seven thirty on a Wednesday night, even if they had to travel? Yeah, so good point. To be fair, like all these players playing twenty four hours earlier than the last international break. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so all three should be in contention for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, well, that's so good. Darwin seems to have come up lame again. Well, he came back lame from the last international break. Yeah, and they kind of and eased he, him back into game time, didn't they? Yeah. All right. So we're looking like Jota, Jota, Salah, and maybe, maybe Diaz. Makes sense for me. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Okay. Um, now, we like data on the show, and there's lots of different types of data. And one of the things that data tells us that we never really get to use or get to talk about much is the survey data, but there was a very interesting one today done by uh, the PFA. Um, and I just wanted to get some raw reaction from Sai um, on, 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 on the, on the published um, headlines from this. So this, this was a, this was a, those was their players, um, 
Players' Union, <clears throat> and it was done all levels below the Premier League in England and um, for professional players. So the top line findings were, say, just want to get, for each one, get an instant reaction. Um, near almost 60% of players uh, in, the, in the English Football League do not support the new rules related to additional time at the end of each half. Are you so surprised? Like, or, not, you're, you're are you surprised by that, that finding? Or are you, is, are you not absolutely not surprised? Am I supply, surprised footballers think that? Yeah. No. Are you, are you not yeah. Footballers are stupid. Graham Lasso was smart because he could read a newspaper. Footballers yeah. are stupid. Footballers make stupid stupid uh, decisions and are so terribly informed by social media and the current glut is that oh it's too much time game time that that i hear it in change rooms that um that it's increased the um uh the 100 minute games because after the world cup yeah, minute well, games, blah, 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 so many players are going to get more injured blah, blah 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 it shows you how little they speak to sports scientists or how how little so that's they exactly listen. what the, that's exactly what the finding was the comments that supported it in the report basically and um, they believe that there's more time played by players and it's going to cause more injuries uh, yeah. Do you want some facts, or do you want, or, or shall I just? Is it too early to say that it's only it's only like two months of the season, or is it fair to say it may cause more injuries as the season goes on, but we don't know yet. Um, no. Um, why would there be more injuries? Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well. Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Like, literally, I would like that conversation. Why would there be, why just, would there be more injuries? I think you've exploded, honestly. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. that any It doesn't make any common sense if, if you think there'll be more injuries. If you believe... We didn't play enough game uh, ball in playtime, and this is extending ball, ball in playtime up towards sixty minutes, right? Because all you're doing is you've added two minutes more intensity with ten minutes more, over ten minute duration. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all. So yeah. no, I don't. There are so so the statistically soft tissue injuries are, are down fifteen percent season on season. Yeah. At the same point of the season, they're down fifteen percent. So the evidence doesn't support the argument. Yeah. Now the other one is something I also saw in the FIFA Pro, and um, which is the FIFA Players Union of the Global. Three quarters of EFL players surveyed said that they felt players were not given a proper break between seasons. Over sixty percent felt that a lack of rest and recovery time was resulting in players getting injured more often. I tend to agree with this, so this will be interesting. Right. So, I believe there are physiological physiological 
maximum outputs that a human uh, can achieve. Yes. Right? I'm not sure how close to those physiological maximums we are with footballers, but let's say we are compared to say maximum. tennis players. Compared to say tennis players, right? No, well, no, 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 I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying against human, like human physiology. I'm not okay. even talking sport and sport. I'm just talking human physiology, right? So, so the the discussion goes: footballers are at their absolute capacity playing 47 game, uh, 47 uh, weeks a year, playing um, five. They're expected to play five and a half thousand minutes, and um, they're averaging hundred meters a minute. Um, okay. If that's the physio- physiological capacity, and we keep adding more games, what it, what can we do to mitigate this? I'm asking you a question. Yeah, less international football. Or <laughs> yeah, or um, bigger squads, more rotation. Yeah, bigger squads. Da, da, da. So the massive co- massive conglomerates that own these massive clubs that have massive squads, they need to just rotate maybe one more player. Sorry, this, this was would. the EFL, though, not the Premier but, League. Yeah, 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 so it's still, it, work, it still works the same. If you look at the squad sizes now compared to 10 years ago in the EFL. Okay, so the squads are bigger there, too. But, but, the, but, squads in the, but the teams in the EFL don't play European football. They don't play international football. But they do, ha- they do have 46-game seasons, though, and they did play two matches. Did. Yeah, and they do, and they play two matches during the international break <laughs> below but, except the championship. Yeah, but it hasn't gone up. No, for the, for the EFL, no. it's only gone up for the Premier League. Yeah, so they the play the e- games has not increased. So they play the EFL, the EFL trophy, and then maybe one or two games in the League Cup and the FA Cup. Yeah, but yeah, and they're not even taking the, any team in the championship. They're not. They're not even taking remotely seriously the FA Cup or the Caribou. They play their reserve no. players. Yeah, they do. So they shut up. They get paid per game. Loads of them get paid like massive bonuses per game. I'm really surprised Why that you're that sympathetic because I th- I thought the sports scientists like yourself were calling for longer breaks between seasons and more recovery time as well. So 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 here's here's what I believe. Right, is that we aren't actually that close to maximal outputs, but right. the things that the downside to this is partially potential injury. But I think theory, if sports science works, we're actually mitigating that already. Um, but but the consequences diminished quality of football. Mm, yeah. Rather than injury, what we're going to see is the no, quality yeah. of football go gets worse. I agree. And we're not seeing that. I don't think we're seeing that. I, I'm watching TV, seeing, seeing football at a level I've never seen before. Do you think that um, EFL teams should listen to sports scientists more then? So just a little bit more rotation? I think EFL teams aren't near their capacities. But yeah, yeah, they absolutely should do a little bit. I, do you know what? I, we could have this real uh, theological discussion around sports science and how it's used. And if we're at optimal, optimal usage of sports science within football clubs and... There are clubs in the in in the championship with sixteen strength conditioning sports scientists in a, in the same club, and I could tell you their exact program because they they are twenty five year olds that work best practice of something else that they've been to a conference and seen this is best practice, 
Uh, and, and I'm not convinced anybody is using, is, is figuring out what best practice is in football yet. So I'm not sure individually players are getting the best possible potential um, environment and treatment. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we're at we're, we're at the zenith of of um, optimal sports science influence. I think we're at the zenith of of the number, the volume of sports scientists within clubs, and I don't think anybody is listening as evidenced by the players answering these dumb questions with dumb answers. Completely agree. You did give a ten percent figure on the last pod, didn't you? You said around 10% in terms of balancing rotation versus need for results. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what happens. So yeah. players are injured because the manager picks them when they shouldn't rather than exactly. because there are too many games. Yeah. Players shouldn't be... So So there are only too many So like McAllister in the, after, against Brighton, for example. Could have, yeah, ended, yeah, yeah. It could have ended, easily ended in an injury. Yeah, it was a risk. Wolves, wasn't it? Wolves, Wolves. Yeah, it's so, yeah, so, yeah. Break, wasn't it? But yeah, 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 that's the conversation that we had. That's what that's what sparked that, right? Yeah. But but the, we only play too many games if a player a player can maximally play forty games a season, and there are fifty five games, and it's his right to play every game. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's not his right to play every game. If a, if, a, if a footballer can only play 48 games peak optimally in a season, you just need extra players. Yeah. The there fascinating- aren't so many games. There, there is just bad management of the squads. The fascinating thing for me, Si, is what seems to be the key in this discussion is why aren't players being educated about these figures? I don't think they're stupid. I think they, they would understand what we're saying. I think a lot of English players would have no care to listen to the conversation. Well, well so- you remember what? Remember, remember, twenty sixteen. Rosie, this country is sick of experts. Yeah, of course. But I mean, this should be the the program should be let's educate the players first, give them a pack to read before they fill in this survey with the facts that size just demonstrated to us. Anyway. Well, then they might make but, a different decision. Rosie, I've got last, one for last, you. Sorry, Darth, last thing, last thing for that. I just want to, to add to what Dan was saying is that it depends what who's who's conducting the survey and it depends what their intention was. It's the players' union. It was, the, it was an the, annual I survey believe from the players', the players union. union wanted their players to say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then they can use yeah. it, yeah. 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 yeah, all right, Rosie. And I guess thought one to you on the, uh, on the players' survey. I don't know if you've seen this one. But um, uh, the players, the, the EFL players, are split fifty-fifty on use of VAR in the EFL beyond the Premier League. Yeah. Almost a third said they did not support the use of VAR in the game at all, yeah. and only sixty percent they broadly supported the use of VAR. Um, does that surprise you, or are you not at all? Not at all, not in the slightest. Um, there's so much bad press about VAR. Um, we've seen this season with Liverpool um, incompetent, insert word, um, usage of it. Um, this sixty percent say they need it needs to be significantly improved. I'd agree with that. I think we've talked about it with the rugby the, the communication between um, so yeah. so fans can hear what is is being yeah. said. Would would then obviously players can hear what's being said because because they'd see it after the game or during the game. I don't know if players can hear it in the rugby. I'm not sure about that. Um, 
But either way, it does need to be improved and communication between VAR and the on-field officials is absolutely crucial to players then... Yeah. I mean, and I'd argue that, you know, getting VAR confidence amongst the players is even more important than getting it amongst the fans. But uh, there you go. Absolutely. There's levels, isn't it? But uh, And I guess the real concerning one, Rosie, is that um, uh, less than 20% of EFL players felt enough was being done to identify those responsible for either pitch invasions, physical harassment of or players, or discriminatory chanting. Yeah. That's pretty damning on the authorities, isn't it? It's pretty depressing, and you see you see lots of uh, pitch invasions towards the end of seasons, and yeah, uh, nobody even attempts to stop the pitch invasions anymore, do they? How can you? Yeah. Know if you can, but um, I mean, it used to happen. Um, but you just think when players feel threatened when they're going to work, when they feel like they're getting harassed by fans, or yeah. Discriminatory chant. It's just that's just horrible, and yeah, there should be more done to improve that. Um, don't know what points yeah. deductions. Because imagine, imagine if you got promoted, and then your fans run on, and there's a possibility. Yeah, that you'd like to think that the uh, the EFL are going to look at punishments for clubs on this based yeah. on these. Yeah, that's yeah. the way you'd like to think it would be. There'd but, be we, some kind of sliding yeah. scale of punishments for repeat offences as well. Exactly. Like, yeah. So you wouldn't run on as a fan if you thought you're going to get three points deducted because it's just cost you promotion. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, okay. Anyway, nice little tangent there compared to normal. So we're going to have a quick look now at some of the key numbers from this season, Rosie. And I just asked you basically just to, to look for anything that could you yeah, asked us all, to be honest. To, to I've got a few things up my sleeve as well. I think a few things that I've, I've, I've taken our uh, interest in the numbers, whether it's team level, whether it's player level, whether it's Liverpool, whether it's Premier League. So the floor is open, Rosie. Where do, where do you want to start us? So I'll start with our. So there was the, <laughs> there was the um, Mark Taylor tweet. Yes, uh, Mark Taylor zero. We retweeted it from the UP account. He did, and um, the XG differential ratings this season f- adjusted for opponent and red cards. Yes, um, and Liverpool are streets ahead of everybody else with a one point five three XG differential. That's huge. Um, Newcastle second in one, 1.04, Man City third, 0.95. I don't know how he's adjusted it. I don't know what he's done with the model there. Um, but those figures look really I impressive. Did, I, did, I did ask him did? What, what his adjusted figures for the Spurs match were, but he didn't reply. He didn't reply. So I've had a look and broken down our season um, when we've got 11 players, when we've got 10 players, when we've got nine. Um and the minutes involved. Um, so this season, when we've got everyone on the pitch, our XG4 is 2.14, XG against 0.94, with an XG difference of 1.21, which is similar to his, but a bit lower. Um, and that's our actual performance over Is XG. that based on, is that across all the models? That's, that's across just under stat. Oh, just under stat, yeah, because he, yeah, he can split it. And is the, um, so this is Premier League only, yeah, and that's Premier League only. And then with um, so it's about was that one? That's about say one point two one per game, one point two one extra difference, which, which is good, is, which is yeah. good, which is potentially league winning, but hasn't been enough sometimes in the past, as we know, by one point. Um, <laughs> the when we've had players sent off, our XG four is 
um, per 90, so it's 178 minutes I've got, um, and 2.34 against, and minus 1.25 XG difference. That's a huge difference. Um, and I just want to throw the asterisks in there for some of the other figures I'm going to bring to the table in terms of our team performance level, um, because we've got some pretty average stats done. Um, for instance, our shot difference this season and that's shots for, shots conceded, pretty basic, 1.75 shot difference. Yeah. Which is terrible. <laughs> it's mid-table. Um, our shots on target, similar. 0.3 shots on target difference. We've never been that bad. No. Again, I've thrown the asterisks in there. Big chances difference, pretty good at one, one a game, um, but we're conceding too many, even with 11 on the pitch. So... But on just but just on that one, right? Our our big chance differential in on the on the defensive side, we are no longer in the two or three worst teams in the league. No, <laughs> we are mid table. We're now mid table. We're now which mid-table. is massive pro. So we're, we're two point five a game, aren't we? Effectively, just under two point yeah. five a game in the league. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was it last season? Was it almost three? It was two point eight. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have improved on last season a bit. Um, but we are firmly mid-table with 19. Um, there's only there's, 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 there's two teams who've got less than one a game at the moment, which is City and Newcastle. Yeah. And Arsenal and Chelsea look pretty decent defensively. Yeah, Newcastle's figures look pretty impressive, to be honest, but there's a bit of a caveat there. We are at 3.4 a game, four, um, and 27 big chances. Newcastle are the top with 31. Everton? A second, oh, yeah. 28. yeah, yeah. They just don't score any of them. It's 7% conversion rate. Um, Brighton and us are on 27, Man City on 23. Um, so, yeah, there is... <laughs> Obviously, there's that big caveat, but still, I know you're down tools kind of when you're down to 10 men, but we've only been... What have I got? 178 minutes with less than 11 on the pitch. So about 20%, it's about 18% of our minutes... Yeah, had. so that means for you know eight, four out of five, eighty percent of our minutes. Why we, we shouldn't be conceding that many shots? We're not going to win the league conceding this many shots. We're not going to win the league conceding this many big chances, and we're definitely not going to win the league with uh, shots on target differential of point three. Um, it's bad, so that needs to improve, um, big time. <laughs> yeah, so. Well- yeah, I'd say in terms of opposition shot conversion, one thing I, I, I saw was that uh, Liverpool, um, op- our opponents only have a seven percent shot conversion against us in the in the league, which is the third. We're the third best in the in the Premier League. Spurs are ridiculous. They're they're, they're got, they've got a, their opponents have got one a five percent conversion rate. So only one in twenty shots against Spurs is being converted this season. That's just nuts. One that's their quality opponent. I think they've played two. Well, again, side, uh, sides, um, they, they've played United and us. Um, and so you know, I, I do, I do, I do want to just have a, um, just have my two penneth on the, on the, um, on, on the quality of opponents and strength of schedule thing, right? We've played eight games and we're only two games away from 10. Once you get to 10 games, the confidence level of XG as a predictor for the entire season is pretty strong. And we're only two games away from that. And then he played half the Premier League. I think, 
I think all conversations about strength of schedule are are virtually gone at, the, at this point after eight games, and they will absolutely be gone by the next international break. And if all these um, all this conversation about strength of schedule um, is right, then we're expecting Liverpool to waltz our way to twelve points out of twelve in the next block of games, right, Rosie? Yeah. Do you think that's no, going to happen? No other answer. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, what do you think? 12 out of 12 is good chance? I think... Sorry? I think, Dan, I think we've had a particularly strangely difficult schedule in terms of the... Um, we played four. We, we played, we played some tough away matches. Yeah, we played Newcastle Spurs. Newcastle Spurs and Brighton. We'll all, we played three of the top six away from home already. Yeah. Or three of the top seven. Yeah. Which is so good. So we've got them out of the way. So they are out of the way. But then, if that's the case, you have to be getting maximum points against all weaker opponents. So it's beat yeah. the drops time. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, Sai, it's we Everton. Keep, we, keep, we, keep, we keep expanding the people that aren't dross when there are a lot, when they are dross. <laughs> So Everton home, Forest home, Luton away, Brentford home. Are you looking Ross, to Ross, points Ross, 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 absolutely. Are you if, looking... if we're going to do anything this season, we got, we've got to have 12 points. Yeah, I agree. It, I think it's a watershed for me. If we don't have 12 points at the end of this, excuses can screw themselves. Get to like Throw those on a fire. I'm a, I don't care about those excuses. If you're not going to win those four games, the next four games... Um, then I, I don't think we can discuss us being a realistic team. But what if we get four players sent off and have four storm up? Well, <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? But you, but, you know, you've got to say at some point, some of the sendings are far justified, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then some, yeah, and some of the decisions against us are justified, you know, but, yeah. but like you said, yeah. I don't think there's so, a big conspiracy against us. Stop being twats. And like, we are. There is stuff that we should be doing better. Like defending. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rhodes, you were, you were about to finish off there on 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 your on on your on your numbers on your, on the with ten and, and eleven. So you think there's you think there's positive stories there? Basically, is it with what I'm saying is that that un. Overall, you're thinking we could project to be a top three team? Is that what I was hearing? Uh, yeah, I'd say 
I'd say we had a really good 30 minutes against Chelsea and a terrible 60, where we conceded far too many big chances, right? But we got a bonus point in that game, effectively. We got a bonus point. Um, I thought we were excellent against Spurs for 25 minutes. Um, and we were a better team with 10 men, to be fair, most of the time. Yeah. Um, I thought we got a fortunate three points at Newcastle. Um, but even... We conceded a lot of shots, but no big chances. Um, and then... Yeah, Newcastle's one of the most famous wins in the club's history. We said it on the podcast, so yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a, that's a bonus three points, absolutely. And then, there's, and then there's the Brighton game, which absolutely deserved to be a draw, but could have gone either way. We could have easily lost it. We could have won it. So you, you have to say that a point is fair there. So I think we're probably undeserved points, apart from mm. possibly just Spurs. So my expected points would probably be, what would it be, uh, either 20 or 18, and yes, the sending-offs of the fact. Do you know what Newcastle, do you know what, do you know, do you know what Unstat has at us, has it at for expected points? 15. 15, wow. And we got 17. There you go. That's, that's obviously the Chelsea one and the uh, Newcastle one, isn't it? Yeah, so the, the offset against the Spurs game and, yeah. So, yeah, I do, I do think we need 12 points. But I also think that getting Trent back will be big. Um, having a Marcel defence. I've also, just a, just a little flip side to, to uh, the team stuff. Gomez. Joe Gomez. <laughs> when he's played this season, and it's 400 minutes, we've only conceded three goals with Gomez on the pitch. That's 0.61. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Van Dijk, 1.5 goals a game conceded when he's been playing. Oh, is this the plus minus on FB ref? Yeah. Really interesting. Mm. So I think, do you think Gomez instead of Simicas um, could be what? an option to improve our defence to replace Robertson? So I, what, what, what do you think about the um, rotation for Costas? What do you think is the... What do you think is the fullback position there? Because Costas is not going to play those four Premier League games plus to lose home and away plus Bournemouth in the League Cup, is he? Uh, no, he's not going to play in the League Cup. And I, my guess is he only plays one of the um, champion, one of the Europa League games as well. Yeah. Um, like, do, we've got to, so do you think? Do you think, like, do you think Gomez left back is something that could happen in those where where Simicast doesn't play? Can you see that? I, 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 We've seen no evidence of him playing left back for Klopp. No, he did it for Rogers in about te- about ten years ago, didn't he? <laughs> Kwanzaa's literally played left back in the youth team. Has he? Yeah, he played left back for England in the nineteens. In the in this break just gone. No, 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 no. Last season. All right. Oh, by the way, ha- so he's pretty, <clears throat> he's actually played. By the way, uh, sorry, Rosie mentioned Trent. Um, what was this Trent situation with England in this um, in this international break? I missed this completely. Did he did he go away? Was he was the team? Did he get on the pitch? Oh, he's what? playing the team. Yeah, he, they, he played against Australia. Yeah, yeah, he played against Australia and did the inverted fullback thing. They they like yeah. they played three centre backs so that he could okay. invert. They they played a fake left back, Colwell, uh, to to be the third centre back so he could play, and he just played in centre mid. Played well, yeah. It was so, against Australia. I have to go. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. 
awful. There were 11 changes on it, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your prediction would be Kwanzaa as, as the as the left uh, in the in the Europa League. I honestly don't know. I honestly, I have no idea. Who I think it's a good shout. To be fair, you know, he's going to pick at this point. Yeah. Well, I've said, you know, Chambers, like Chambers has been playing. Injured as a left back. Did he get injured? Yeah, he got sent back from England in the twenties. There you go. I should know these things. <laughs> been a busy week, but yeah. we have. We're gonna. We're, uh, we've got seven games in twenty-three days. Yeah. There is going to be significant rotation. Yeah. One way or the other, there is going to be significant rotation. I, yeah. my, my guess is the, the weekend games, the four Premier League games are going to have, the, the team that plays in those four games are probably going to have one midweek in the next three. And so uh, out of the next four midweeks. So uh, we're going to find... Uh, an EFL and uh, uh, a Europa League probably will win the next one, and then in the fourth Europa League doesn't matter. Is yeah. my guess. Yeah, but there's going okay. to be rotation in it for sure. But but the the tough uh, home game, no, the tough Premier League game aren't tough at all. Like we've got really shitty teams that we should be beating, so this is an optimal time for. Giving for rotating, keeping people fresh. That would be my feeling on it. Yeah. But more, okay. uh, what do you think about tactically? I, I just want to say one thing on that, on the Forest, because I think Forest and Brentford and Everton will all be remarkably similar in that they we could see those three teams having as little as 20% possession um, because they're, all those games are at Anfields, right? And I could see, I, 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 could, I could envisage situation where Trent has more touches than the whole of each of those teams. Yeah. But what we've got to be careful of, with, especially with Forest, is they, they've become quite adept, not so much Everton and Brentford, at, at really doing quite well at the bigger grounds with this tactic. And I think they've become quite well, good. Injured. It. Hmm? Well, when he's, he's injured, injured, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good... All right. Anyway, but I would just simply say, uh, can we keep the back door shut in in these games with, where these teams will actively not want the ball. That's my concern. It's been my concern all season. Um, we're, 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 we're mid-table, firmly mid-table for expected threat in the Premier League. On mark our stats at 1.44 per game, which is, as, as we said in a couple of weeks ago, is 40% worse than our previous worst season. Um, and we so have... I would- my riposte to that would be for the next block of games, right? Our current expected threat is um, 0.2 higher than our best two seasons average. So I think we're in line to blow the doors off somebody for a few weeks. And this wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the next block of games is where we did that nine against Bournemouth, seven against, you know, like if we blow the doors off, uh, off a few teams for a few, for, for, for a period of time, it could be this block and it might mask the defense and allow the defense a little bit more time to kind of steady themselves. Okay. Darwin, do you have any numbers? Really good. I do. Um, uh, crazy little numbers of, um, we are eight weeks into the season. No, 
We are nine weeks into the season, and uh, we are eight, eight, eight Premier League games into the season, right? We currently have any idea of how injuries so far? How many, how, many, how many games lost to injury, did you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, across the across the nine across the eight Premier League games, I nine was, weeks across nine weeks. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah, say weeks. thirty, fifty, most uh, twenty-seven. Oh, I'm pleased with that. That's good. That's that's not bad, right? So last six seasons, which is where count like this team where it's really been. Um, we've had this team mostly for six seasons. Um, so we go back twenty. So in nineteen, we had twenty four injuries at the same point of the season. Week nine, uh, three in twenty twenty one, twenty seven in twenty one twenty two, eighty nine in twenty two twenty three. So I just want to reinforce that week nine of the season, we'd had eighty nine games missed this time of the season. And 27, right? There is some kind of correlation between games missed and points won. So when we're in the between 20 and 40, we are at, um, between 20 and 40, we, we earned between 17 and 19 points. Um, and in our Big, we, we've had two big, we're down at 10 points at this stage. And then 2021, um, we, we at the same week, we only had uh, 43 injuries at the same week and only 17 points. But um, we'd only played, uh, at that point, we'd only played six games uh, because it was the weird, stupid season with, with um, the Super Cup and... Um, the weird international break that happened after week one. Um, so uh, coming back from COVID, that. But uh, at eight Premier League games, we had fifty-eight um, injuries at that stage. So and twenty and twenty-four points. So there is definite correlation there between um, we have a we can sustain something under forty injuries. Premier League game week eight and have a um, what looks like a representative output of points per game which correlates with our our points per game for the season but anything over 40 it falls off a cliff and we're at 27 so that's a decent Mm. amount if we can replicate this over the course of this season we're on for 82 points nice which won't be enough, but... We're, we're 82 points is what you predicted, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 78. Ah. Okay. There you I go. Think, yeah. I think Bart's had, had low 80s. I, I would suggest if we had eight games fewer than that, eight. so if we're down to 19, I think we'd be much closer to my uh, uh, 90s point, uh, as long as those eight games were Thiago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, so nice. So, just uh, just on my one, just, I do want to come back to the expected threat. What I want to see um, is what I have, what I didn't see against U- Union when I went to Anfield. And, you know, with, with the 
this kind of reservish team, but not but not really reserves. Um, I just want to see us lock a few games down. I want to see us lock a few games down, concede next to nothing defensively, and generate a good amount of attack and a really solid difference. But I really want to see us start so show us we can reel off a few games conceding less than one XT, preferably down towards 0.6 per game, you know, just to show that we can do it. Because if we're conceding over one XT per game in these next four, then there's real alarm bells there about the underlying years. Some of our rivals look genuinely solid and, you know, over a long season, these are, you know, you need to be, you need to be stronger. You need to be stronger defensively than we are. So against Bournemouth, down we were point two when he got sent off. Against Villa, point six two xG conceded. Against Wolves, point five four. Those three are good. Chelsea was terrible. Um, yeah, on the xG or the xT. On the, well, yes, yeah, Wolves, but then Brighton was awful. West Ham, we still conceded chances at crucial times. Yeah, we still had threat. Yeah, uh, Brighton had loads of threat. Um, so, yeah, I'd, what do we need? Just l- less than one? Yeah, you want to be down. You want to have your... Uh, on the expected threat, when we when we looked at the seasons, um, you know, the four seasons worth of data on Mark Stats' website. Um, yeah, and our average is, you know, was our best season, I think, was 0.97, which was 1920, including the dead rubbers. Um, and this season we're up at one point four four. So we we need to be down. We need to be getting down to a, an average of one xt per game. That's where we want to be over the long term, and that's where Arsenal are well below that at the moment. So are Man City, Chelsea just above one. So the top four teams are City down at point eight two, Arsenal point nine four, Chelsea one point zero six, Newcastle one point one. They're the four best defensive teams in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, by the way, I can find no numbers at all, but uh, sorry. And but uh, Cy and uh, Rosie that suggests Spurs are nothing other than a mirage. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything at all which suggests that Spurs are in any way for real. Couldn't agree more. They're a myth. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Arsenal, I'm afraid to report, are not a myth. I think. Oh, Newcastle! Right. What's going on with Newcastle? Yeah, they just Newcastle had a couple of bad. Wank. They just had a couple of bad results against us in Brighton. Uh, right, Newcastle. 31 big chances created, the best in the league. Yes. Seven big chances conceded, the best in the league. I know, it's mad. It's really, it's, it's ominous. Big chance oh, yeah, difference yeah. of three down, that's that's like yeah. better than Pink Man City. Yeah, I know. And, then, and they're also this... converting 17% of the shots. Yeah. So remember the Ferguson hat-trick was, there was Nick Pope had, I think, had an implosion that game, didn't he, against them, right? And there was us where Darwin scored two, you know, wonder strikes. So they had some bad results, um, and then but they really they really had the last four games. They really turned there. They really ground out some impressive numbers. Genuinely and was, have, and, and it wasn't all Sheffield United either. So Je- Sheffield United, they had five point one xG against Burnley, three point one xG against West Ham, two xG to one. They were unfortunate. Um, it's just it's <laughs> I can't. It's hard to explain because they didn't. Come across as that, you know, as that impressive to me against us. They aren't expansive. They just press high. So bad teams occasionally because they don't they because they aren't conditioned to to playing Newcastle in that way are getting caught out. So they they play like a bad team. They're just really good at it. Yeah. And at some point, teams are going to treat them like they're not a good, not a bad team, 
and then they'll set up like they do against the big team and go, go on and have the ball. Well, that's what they did halfway. That's what they did halfway through out. last season. They, that's exactly what they did, wasn't it, last season? When they went on that bad run, an attack. They're a myth. <laughs> I think I think they think I, I think they're a bit. I think they're better than Spurs um, so far. To be honest, um, I don't think they're a myth. I, I would still trust Spurs' attack to over overperform. Yeah, because they have a massive history of doing it. Like Madison's not, but like Son, fucking hell, yeah, yeah. man, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's true. at one point. Yeah, he had something like uh, fourteen goals from four xg. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the only thing with Newcastle, I would just to summarise, they are very good def- uh, on set pieces at both ends as well. That's another thing in their favour. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Arsenal, please? And then we're going to talk about Man City quickly. Um, I, I think Arsenal, unfortunately, are are, are genuinely good, Rosie. Th- your thoughts on Arsenal's numbers? Um. <laughs> So I'll bring the big chances in, which aren't impressive. Nineteen they've had and eleven conceded. Um so there's one per game. Big chance difference of one per game. Which is the same as us. And that's can, can we can we can I just add one question? Well just not a question for you, it's a question for listeners, right? If they can just be cognizant of big chance over XG, the the narrative that fits with a big chance you have to understand that there are headers in there. And yeah, yeah. teams like Newcastle will get a record a big chance on a 0.15 header. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. So there, so there, there are going to be teams that have high number of big chances that aren't actually big chances. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because the headers, because the headers, and they'll be lower. But yeah, yeah. So Arsenal, Rosie. Yeah. So that. So the so the quality of chances created and conceded isn't that impressive. It's very similar to ours, but we've had the asterisks. They have got. A structural solidness that is much more impressive yeah, yeah. than other teams, and they've yeah, had a yeah. kind of fixture difficulty level. So, shots on target 44 for 16 against with a shot on target difference of 3.5. That's, that's impressive, really, really impressive. Um, shot difference of six again, excellent. Um, goal difference of 1.25. They do look structurally a lot better than Spurs and. <sighs> Get kind of Newcastle, but um, I oh, think I, I think you worst us as well, Rosie. They look structurally better in the whole team than us. Yes. Okay. 
if, if, if other teams were analysing, if, if other clubs fans were, were doing this same show for their channel, they would just simply say about us, really amazing attack, best attack in the league, shit defence. That's, so that's, that's what they'd be saying. They've played Man City at home, Spurs at home, yeah, Man United at home. Yeah. So their tougher fixtures have all been at the Emirates and then Forest, which they were lucky in. Um, they've played Palace away, Everton away, Bournemouth away. So their away games have been easy. So yeah. you have to take that into account, Dan. But yes, overall, the fact that you keep Man City to 0.8 XG and don't concede a big chance against Man City is huge. Yeah. So I think I think the way I think Arsenal are building in a way that we did when we became good in eight, really good in eighteen nineteen. I'm not saying they're at that level, which they're not, but they they they're conceding less than one actual goal, less than one expected goal, and less than one expected threat per game over eight games. That is excellent defence. So that looks like it could sustain, and that'll put Arsenal in a very good position to get eighty plus points. Are you saying that's more sustainable than Newcastle and Spurs? I think uh, I think Arsenal's numbers are better yet yeah, than Newcastle's. Newcastle's are, are, when I looked at it, I like you. I was very surprised how good they were standing out at both ends. Yeah. But I do think I, I would have Arsenal's numbers look more sustainable than Newcastle's. And particularly Tottenham's, which does this does look like it as a myth. No, I think it's fair. Sai? What do you think of Arsenal, Sai? Um, I sadly like Arsenal. I think they they have a way of playing. I think uh, it's I think everybody knows their role in the team. I think they're all they're refined, they do it well. I think they're peak age. I think they're rolling in confidence. They believe they're this good. Um, They've I had think... quite a few injury problems as well, hasn't they? Martinelli's been out. Jesus has been out. Trossard's been out. Jesus is always out. Martinelli, <laughs> he is. So, but Nketi has been fine. He, he, there is a very significant drop-off from, from Jesus at his best there, Nketiah, yeah. but it is what it is. Uh, I, think, I think next time one of them's injured, I think Habits goes up from... Um, and he'll do all of the pressing that that enables their system to work. I think mm. they've been smart in that they've mitigated injuries with players that do the role light, if that makes sense. They're not changing the role. So, so it doesn't change the, how the system's working, um, which might be a problem for Liverpool with Simi and Robbo. Um, and the only problem I have with them is the um, they... That Pep, uh, that Arteta is too in love with Pep and copies Pep's formation a little bit too much, and um, I think their existing system without inverting both fullbacks works better and will cause them fewer defensive problems than they currently have. But um, I think they're the prob- they're they're our main comp- competitor for the second best team in the league. Yeah. I yeah. thought their biggest weakness last season was um, holding midfielder. There's Xhaka and um, Partey. Well, Xhaka had a very good year last year. Yeah. And he didn't play whole in midfield. Yeah. Well, he did sometimes, but yeah. I thought their rotation between Partey and Xhaka um, and the, the Moroccan guy played. Um, but you, you obviously impressed by Rice, though, Rosie, yeah? Well, it's just been a big upgrade for them. Yeah. and he. I think Partey's brilliant. I, can't, yeah. I, I think he's really, really good. Yeah. I thought when he played last season, didn't he get injured towards the end of the season? He did, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, uh, they all got injured because they didn't rotate for the first 20 games. 
They just played the same 11, didn't they? Uh, should we finish off by talking a bit about Man City? So, the, the breaking news is is that Man City are no longer the ultra-dominant Manchester City of the last five years, right? But they are still statistically the best team in the league, Rosie. They're just, this is, they are just different this season. So, Man City had a incredibly impressive start to this season, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Unbelievably dominant in, what was it, six games. Um, whooped Burnley, uh, only just edged past Newcastle, whooped Sheffield United, whooped Fulham, whooped West Ham. Um, bit of a weird one on the on the turn against Forest, 1.3 against 0.7. And then in the last two games, have fallen off a cliff down. Genuinely. Yeah. So, so Sai, Sai, what did you say in pre-season pod about Man City and what did you say about Rodri? He is the best, he's the most important player in the league. He is, yeah. he is the best best six in the world. They're fucked if they don't have him and uh, and Pep's just spent three weeks proving my point. Yeah, since since he got sent off against Forest, they've had a negative XG goal difference. Yeah. He's that good. But, uh, but, but, you is, say that... He is right. what Fab was to us. But he's better. So, so you you say that the way you dressed it up is a bit um, sort of Statman Dave there, that Rosie, I thought, at the negative XG goal difference. But the, even in the games that they've lost, right, they conceded virtually nothing, right? But they've, they've the problem is they've, they've started creating virtually nothing as well. That's been the drop-off in the last few games, isn't it, the attack? But what I'm saying is this is a different city. Is This is, this is the meanest defensive Man City I think we've ever seen. Yeah, but they got a man sent off and then conceded more XG against Forest. We've had four players sent off. You know, so you don't you, do you, you don't think Man City are that good defensively? Is that what? no? No, what I'm saying is with Rodret, I don't think we can challenge them. So uh, what you need, what you're saying is we need Rodri ACL to win the league. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible! I can't, I can't even possibly suggest that. I'll, 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 I'll say you what you don't. I'll, I'll say the things that you don't want to say, Richard. Say that we, we need a, a Rodri yeah, ACL and we win the league. There you go, Eddie. You can quote that one out. Go on. I've got some. I can't, I can't wish, I can't wish that kind of thing on. We that. need what we need is is for so, for the Spanish media to be as investigative as the Italian media are <laughs> and find and find Rodri for betting. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's more I'll likely than his ACL. Absolutely take that. But, but, He's put a thousand but, bets on point, Man City in the last 12 months. Absolutely, I'll take that. I just don't want the point still stands, right? Even, right, even when they, um, even when they've lost two league games in a row, right, they've still conceded less than one XG in both of those games. Yeah, but how Wolves, useless. But, what, I know, yeah, I know. But Wolves, Wolves took the lead and were leading at half time in, in, in their game against without having a single shot. That was just freaky, you know. So that's like you know, not repeatable process. Can I can, can I can I throw something out here that that, that uh, UP doesn't like? Go on. The rest of the city players know Rodri's not playing. Right. Yeah. If 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 you can't well, create the chance, their comfort blanket's gone. Yeah, but right. So, against- so they're more risk. So so quickly that they are more risk averse because he's not there to close the door behind them. So they can be more expansive and create more XG because they know Rodri's just there. Yeah, 
City's attack was nullified in the absence of Rodri, right? So there's got to be some progression issues with the team in the mid. mid- they played Bernardo, didn't they, in the in the Arsenal game? Um, Sorry, um, and who did they play in the, the Wolves game? In sentiment, Kovacic wasn't it? And I think, yeah. and there was the whole Kovacic and Kovacic um, and Nunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and against Arsenal, it was Silver and Kovacic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and their next games down are Brighton, United, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, Villa. But they have Rodri. So there we go. Right. And, and we're also we're also forgetting that the the play the best player in the league that's not called Allison or Mohammed um, is missing as well. Yeah, the Bruyne. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you think Man City without Rodri have progression issues in terms of because the, the attackers the what's really fell off without him? How would you explain that, Sai? He just did. It's just risk averse, isn't it? They don't want to take as many chances. Okay. Yeah, exactly that. Okay. So they carry the ball less. The yeah. the city 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 create more progressive meters than anybody else as a percentage with carries. Yeah. Because they got because the teams defend so deep against them. So there's, yeah. there's, too, there's too much um, pointless recycling now rather than risk taking. <clears throat> but I, one thing I would point out, right? And, and this is no joke. In, in the Wolves game, Wolves did a very simple tactic of putting an absolute Premier League rock in Craig Dawson and man-marking Erling Haaland. And he literally man-marked him all over the pitch as a centre-back. If um, I was Man City, I'd be overjoyed at that. There's no way he can man-mark Erling Haaland. But he did, and not. he did it very well. There's just not. The, what they did is they prevented the supply. Okay, I agree with that. but there's no way man for man. Man for man is all about physicality. Yeah, I don't mean physicality is in is in muscularity or strength, but it's just in in how that one person uh, can. I, I'm going to trade your your physical capacities against that. I'm going to gamble your physical capacities against his physical capacities. See who can, who can control the space. Who can get away? Can you get um, two meters away from me at any moment? Yes, uh, Harland. Yes. That's the only answer to that question. Yes, whenever I fucking want, because I'm that fast. Also, when you've got mm. 10 players just outside, just in, in like 40 yards of your own half, he's, he's not got the capacity to get away in any space. Yeah, there isn't any space. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, yeah. there's no space and he didn't, there's, no, there's no space and he doesn't get involved. Yeah. Except when to finish moves, he doesn't get involved in any. He can go to like all games by literally having eight, nine, ten touches, can't he? And it's got yeah. twice. Yeah. But theoretically, you have made Pep's life easier by man marking him because he usually he usually occupies more than one player. I was just going to say because Arsenal didn't do that, but I was just going to say that in the in the Wolves game, Craig Dawson had a particularly good game against Erling Haaland. Anyway. Um, so, City have the best defense, and this is the best defensive version of City we've ever seen. Say, that's the difference. That's what that's the, the that's what we have to adjust to, right? This is not. This is a different Man City, but they are still. Do you agree that they are still statistically the best team in the league? As well, I would as say they're the best. best. I'd just say they are the best team in the league and statistically the best team in the league. But I wouldn't say defensively they're the best team in the league. I would say they have so much of the ball they give nothing offensive away to the opposition. 
Yeah. yeah. So they minimise opposition's chances. They aren't better defensively. That's how they do it, yeah. I agree with that. Sorry, what I mean is better defensively is that they actually, the outcome is that they concede yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very, very little. Uh, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're down, they're down about 0.6 XG per game, Rosie, which is just, yeah. which is just nuts, isn't it? 0.8 XT, which is also excellent. I would throw in schedule, and again, this is it. The next four games for us and the next four games for them is going to be very illustrative. As you said, I think 12 games is a, is a, is obviously a better sample than 10, but the, well, let's say five or six. Who have we got after the four? Um, no, so- we get, yeah, we got Arsenal, we got. Um, Man City first game after the, in the after the next international break. Well, we, as well, we, so, we yeah. mean in the serious one. We've got There's Everton, the- Forest, Luton, Brentford, City, Fulham in the next six. Yeah. yeah. Where and then and then Sheffield United and Palace. So we've only got Man City to worry about in the next eight games, right? Man City have got everybody else. Yeah. And they've just lost to Arsenal, so they've got Brian home, United away. You know, never, you never know. Um, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, and then Villa away. So I just think the next eight games will tell us everything we need to know. So when we come back on December the 6th, after we've played and they've played Villa, we will know, I think, how this league t- season's going to go. Oh, yeah, And I think they'll still have the best defence in the league by a long way. And they'll probably e- they'll probably be eking out a lot of points in those games by virtue of just of having a very good defence. And that's what you want us to have, don't you, Dan? Absolutely. That's why I was so ecstatic in eighteen nineteen because the team was built on defence. It was built on Van Dijk and Allison primarily. It was what one of I mean, well, ninety seven points anyway, not the league, but also control as well. Control of games. Absolutely. It was the it was the best defensive unit we've had for, you know, thirty, forty years. Yeah. Pre back pass rule. Yeah. Benita has some good ones, but yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Any anything else that you had written down which you didn't want? Oh, I I did have one written down actually, which another random one is that uh, opposition goalies have got the lowest save percentage in the league against Liverpool, fifty nine percent. How about that? So so mine was gonna be and I think this should be sized, but mine was gonna be the absolute all round contribution of Mo Salah. Oh uh, yeah. Ten final third passes per 90. 1.2 big chances created per 90, Dan. Absolutely mind-blowing. We've never seen that. We've never seen that. 2.2 chances created a game per 90 without set pieces, because he doesn't take them. Um, And then he's up at, what is he, 3.4 shots, um, 1.3 Non penalty, non penalty XG and XA. He his all round contribution to this team. I know Allison's been brilliant. Sabozlai's been. He's a, he's legitimate. He's legitimately the best player in the Premier League this season. Absolutely, yeah. because Salah's yeah. not as level he was last season. And uh, so Salah is Salah is legit the best player. The best in the player in the so far. That was going to be my final point. His all round game is off the scale. Sabozlai is just ridiculous, but. Um, and we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. We didn't. Have, we didn't but, even laugh at. We didn't. We didn't even laugh at Man United. Six percent <laughs> shot. Six percent shot conversion all season, Bertie. <laughs> absolute joyous. <laughs> yeah. Sai, last word to you. 
I would uh, statistically nothing. Uh, I think that Zobo is the biggest talent in the league, and I think he's about to explode. The the most so we how long have we been doing this? Five years probably. If you've been listening yeah. to this long enough, you will either think I'm grumpy or that I. Only about newness. <laughs> I live too much in the hope because you there'll do. be there, there has been very often a point in every season where we lost the league or I knew we were going to lose. And the you're league most now. grumpy at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. up to that point, I think we're going to win the league more than anybody else does. You do. You do. Zobo and Darwin. Though I criticise Darwin, but I criticise Darwin because he's not doing the things that that we pay him to do. I think Zobo and Darwin are the keys to our season, and I absolutely believe they have more than the talent that can put us on one of those wild 13, 14 rides. But I think we, I think, I, I don't believe our system can control games like uh, our, our best side. I don't think this season these players can. Um, this our system, how it works. It, I don't think it's going to mature enough this season to do the things that you want, Dan. I think we're going to have to basketball teams, but I think we're in a position that we've not been in since thirteen fourteen, and we might even be in a better position than that, though Suarez and Suarez um, to Muller teams with individual utter brilliance, and and Zobo and Darwin are both players that could that could go on those tears but I do genuinely think Zobo might he, he is up there with Bellingham as, as potentially the next great players in the world and, and, and that's assuming Alisson Trent and more carry on as they have been well Alisson that's a given Alisson just has to continue doing Trent's this good, but yeah yeah no he hasn't Trent's been quite weak so far in the first eight games so yeah, that's one thing we got to look forward to. I think Rosie is, Rosie is Trent getting his mojo back. I, uh, I, yeah, I, had, I had some data set showing how um, uh, I, I didn't finish Trent's trend. I just have the numbers. But um, how basically Mo is replacing Trent's um, XA so far this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah big time. So, but you know, what you said on what you, the way you said where you position the, the thing about Zobo and Darwin, I think is is, is right because they could be. It's just that just 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 get as long as Darwin, Darwin can get neutral with his XG over the season, I'll take that now. <laughs> that, that's that's still a win. But if that it's not even just a win, that's thirty goals. I know exactly. I know I know what you're saying. Trent Trent still can creating two point one chances a game and not point four two big chances. Now it's not Moore's one point two. No, no, no. But he but he does take all the set pieces. Still I, I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if he started to take fewer set pieces as well with, with Simi on one side and, and Zobo in the middle. Yeah. And, and and he's gonna have to earn his XA a little bit more. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's that's what it feels like that we're on the precipice of something extremely fun. It could be amazing. Yeah, I think I've always thought that City could collapse if we put if we could put some significant pressure on them. Yeah, they do I don't fun. think Arsenal can put any pressure on them. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's absolutely spot on. I think we're on the verge of something, but I'm not quite sure we're going to be able to do it soon enough for the league. Well, when um. When we do the next one, 
if we've conceded next to nothing and locked games down and won 12 points out of 12, I'll, I'll get on that bandwagon with you boys. I just want to see it. I just want to see it first. I'm not on the bandwagon. I'm just, I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that that bandwagon is uh, going to get into gear because yeah. I'm more in the caution phase with you, Dan. I don't think we can quite do it this season based on what I've seen so far. But I do see the potential for it. That's well, like, if we if we show we can sh- lock the back door and, yes. and and shut some teams out, shut some teams down, and neutralize them again like we used to, then let happy days, yeah. happy days. Right. Okay. Oh, thanks, boys. Um, thanks, Rosie. Thanks, Sai. Uh, that has been your the uh, pressure podcast for this international break. We will be back next Monday to discuss the Everton game up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.